Hey, good morning. Boy, glad that you are with us this morning, wherever you might be. I wish we were all here together, but um, wherever you're jumping on and joining in, we're glad that you're worshiping God with us this morning. You might not believe this, but I actually put an awful lot of time and thought into my lessons every week. I know it doesn't always seem like it, but I put a great deal of effort and a great deal of prayer into what I say every time I stand up to speak. I understand that what I say, how I say it, it's a huge responsibility. And I take that responsibility very seriously. Having said that, I'm not sure that I have ever preached a sermon where I have put more time and thought and prayer into a lesson as I have this morning. So I'm asking for a lot of grace from you all this morning. I had planned on going a different direction this morning. I had a thought in mind. I I had a lesson uh, almost prepared. And then I just kept feeling like God was pulling me or God was nudging me to change directions and to talk about something that's just been on my heart for the last several weeks and And I've got a feeling that it's been on some of your hearts as well the last several weeks. This particular sermon, it was born in a crucible of hurt and heartache and tremendous sorrow. And I'm talking about the murder of the young men in South Georgia um, almost three months ago now, but just really brought to a, a national spotlight because of a very disturbing video that came to light has everyone talking and everyone asking questions. In the town of Brunswick, Georgia, a young man by the name of Ahmaud Arbery was jogging in his neighborhood. In the middle of the day, he was confronted by two men. They shot him to death in the middle of the street. Ahmaud Arbery was black. The two men who are now charged with his murder or white. And you might be saying, Tim, you're not the right guy to be talking about this. And you know what? You're exactly right. I am not the right guy to be talking about this, but I'm the guy who's standing here talking. I'm the guy who has the, the, the forum right now. And it's something that we need to talk about. There is a level of evil in the world that's hard for me to wrap my mind around. I've told you before, most of you that know me, um, I've told you that, that, that I go out and jog pretty often. Most days, I'll go out for a run. I go very slow, but I, I go for a run most days. And I've joked about the fact that I have dodged rattlesnakes and alligators and runaway dump trucks. But let me tell you something I've never done. I have never in my life, on a run, worried about someone stopping me and confronting me because of the color of my skin. It's never entered my mind. My son is staying with us right now. He's um, working remotely, so we said, hey, come work remotely from our house. So he's been with us through this uh, pandemic. He goes out and runs several times a week. I have never in my life told my son, be careful out there. Be careful because of who might be watching for you. It's never crossed my mind. 
that my son might be the subject of hatred or cruelty because of the color of his skin. My son-in-law runs quite a bit in his neighborhood. My son-in-law's skin is not the same color as my skin. And my daughter Maggie worries about that, especially now. Worries about the hatred that exists in our society. Worries about the fact that her husband might get confronted just in, in hatred overflowing and he might be the target of that hatred because of the color of his skin. And those of you who know my son-in-law know he can take care of himself, but he can't stop a shotgun blast. I want to tell you as, as humbly as I can this morning, I only know how to be a middle-class white man. That's all I know. I don't know anything about being a person of color. But I have brothers and sisters. I have people that I love. People who love me. People who love the same Lord that I love. Whose skin doesn't look like mine. And as clueless as I am on a lot of things... I want to come alongside those brothers and sisters. And I want to stand with those brothers and sisters. And I want to listen to those brothers and sisters. To stand up for what's right. And by the way, just so we're understanding each other, Jesus' skin wasn't the same color as mine either. He was a Jew. He had brown skin. We all love Jesus, right? Now we see things like... 9-11. We see things like Columbine and Trevion Martin and now Ahmaud Arbery. And we want to know why. We have questions. Why did this happen? And I'm not sure that we'll ever get the answers that we're really looking for. Different people deal with tragedy in different ways. But things like this affect us. And things like this change us. And they affect the way we see the world. And for a lot of people, things like this affect the way they see God. In fact, I heard someone just this past week saying, how could God allow someone to be stopped in the middle of the day, in the middle of the street, and gunned down like that? How could God allow that to happen? Where's God in all of this? I mentioned that people are asking questions that I might not have the answer for. But here's something that, that I do know. And here's something that I am 100% certain of. God's still here. God hasn't gone anywhere. And God hasn't forgotten about us. And God hasn't ignored us. And God hasn't abandoned us. He's here. He knows and He cares. Why does God allow something like this to happen? I don't know, but don't blame God. Our God knows what's going on in, in the world. He knows what's going on in the hearts of people. He knows what's going on in your heart. He knows about the evil that exists in the world. And that's really what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to remind you of part of the, the Jesus birth story that is a really important part, but it's a part that we don't talk about very much. 
Now, we love to talk about the birth of Jesus around Christmas time, and uh, there's a part of that story that's real, and it happened, but we don't talk about it at Christmas time. And I don't know of any songs that are written about this part of the whole Jesus coming to the world story. And I've never seen it on a Christmas card before either. It's in Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. Let's take a look at that text. Matthew 2, 13. When they had gone, they, talking about the wise men who'd come to visit baby Jesus. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. And then verse 16. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping, great mourning. Rachel, weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Every single baby boy in that region was put to death. Every single child killed. And it's maybe a little bit more sobering. This, uh, in, in the culture we're living in now. But it's against the backdrop of that story in Matthew chapter 2. And against the backdrop of the events of, of Brunswick, Georgia. That I want to talk to you a little bit about suffering and evil and comfort, and God, the world that we live in. And my first observation is this. The world's a dark place, but even in the darkness there's light. That incident in, um, at the birth of Jesus, all those baby boys being murdered, that actually happened after the light came into the world. That darkness happened after Jesus was born. Matthew chapter 2 tells us that the darkness occurs, the evil occurs after Jesus came into the world. That darkness didn't occur in spite of light being in the world, in spite of Jesus' birth. That darkness occurred because the light had come into the world. It occurred because of Jesus' birth. And again, that's not a pretty part of the story, is it? But I'm really thankful that the Holy Spirit saw that we wanted to, uh, made sure that we, we know that part of the story. Because sooner or later, darkness falls on everyone. Sooner or later, we all go through uh, a time of darkness. It's a beautiful passage in the Old Testament. A statement about God. Uh, Psalm chapter 34, verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's a statement that's really good news for broken people. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And then in the New Testament, John tells us in John chapter 1, verse 14, 
So the Word became human and lived here on earth among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the only Son of the Father. Jesus' other name was Emmanuel, God with us. He was here with us. He walked on this planet. And then later on, that same gospel writer, John, is going to tell us why he came, why he walked on the planet. John chapter 12, verse 44. Then Jesus cried out, When a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. The world is a dark place. But even in the darkness, there's light. And I remind you of another truth. Jesus knows all about darkness. Jesus has a, a Ph.D., in darkness. You've seen those bumper stickers, be kind, for everyone you know is fighting a hard battle. That statement's true. And Jesus knows that. I want you to think about the people that you know. And not just your family, not just your closest friends, but I want you to think too about the people that you sort of know. You might not know their name, you might not know their story, but you intersect with their lives pretty often. Maybe it's the lady who always checks you out at Publix. Maybe it's the guy who cuts your hair, the teller at the bank, your mechanic. You know them on some level. Every single person you know is going through a hard struggle. It might be in the process of getting better. It might be in the process of getting worse. But every single person you know, those you know very well and them some that you don't know really all that well, everyone on some level is broken. Everyone is struggling with something. Even though light came into the, dark, into the world, darkness remains. People are struggling. People are hurting. And Jesus knows that. And Jesus knows what you're going through and he knows how you feel. Maybe you're struggling financially right now. A lot of people are. Maybe you're without a job right now. A lot of people are unemployed. Maybe you're wondering how you're going to pay your rent. How are you going to pay the bills? I want you to think about this. Jesus left heaven. And he came to this earth, but he didn't come to live in a mansion. He came to live in the life of a very poor family. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. If you're having financial problems right now, Jesus is really good news for you. Even in the darkness, there's light. Or maybe right now, you're feeling very lonely. And so many people are. I don't know that we've ever been isolated the way we as a nation right now are isolated, at least not in my time, never before. And, and there's just a lot of people who are really struggling with being lonely, with being alone. Jesus knows what that's about. 
At the moment of his greatest crisis, his very closest friends disappeared. One of them, Judas, betrayed him. Another, Peter, denied that he even knew him. On the cross, Jesus cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knows what it means to be alone. If you're struggling with loneliness right now, Jesus is really good news for you. Because even in the darkness, there's light. And maybe you're dealing with family issues. You might have the perfect family, but I'm going to guess you probably don't. Maybe just the word family is sort of a difficult concept for you. Jesus knows what it's like to, to struggle with family issues. He was born into a blended family. And Jesus knows what it's like to have uh, family members who don't really understand him. We're told in Mark chapter 3, when his family heard about this, talking about Jesus' family, when they heard about what Jesus was doing, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he's out of his mind. Jesus' own family, those closest to him, they didn't understand. They didn't get what Jesus was about. They thought he'd gone crazy. If you're struggling with some family dynamics, Jesus is really good news for you. Even in the darkness, there's light. Or maybe this morning you're struggling with some health issues. Maybe you got a diagnosis from a doctor or someone you loved got a diagnosis from a doctor that's sort of turned your world upside down. Jesus died when he was 33 years old. Maybe, maybe you've got a message from your spouse that is just tearing you apart. Maybe you're coming off of Mother's Day that was just really difficult. Or you're dreading Father's Day because there's a person in your life, there's a seat at your table that's empty. And just the thought of that person not being with you is extremely painful. Even in the darkness... There's light. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul says, What a wonderful God we have. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of every mercy, and the one who so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. Our God so wonderfully comforts us and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. Jesus knows all about rejection. All about people leaving him. He knows all about disappointment, pain, death. Jesus knows all about those things. Jesus came into a broken world. And he came for broken people. And that's really good news for all of us broken people. That's why he came. Jesus came because of the darkness. John writes in 1 John chapter 3, He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. You, know, you think about our recent history. 9-11, Columbine, 
theater shooting in Colorado, the grade school shooting in Connecticut, now Ahmaud Arbery being shot and killed. That wasn't God. It wasn't God. That was Satan. And Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan. The thing that we're grieving as a nation this week, this act of violence in, in South Georgia, that's what Jesus came to destroy. And if he could have accomplished it without coming, he would have, but he couldn't. So he came to this earth. And the reason he came to this earth, one of the reasons was to destroy the works of Satan. Now some people will see the events of, of the, uh, the past several weeks here in South Georgia. Some people will look at the, the murder of this young man and say, well, that's just proof that there is no good and gracious God. I look at those events and I will say, that is proof of the presence of an evil one who comes to steal and kill and destroy. What happened to Ahmaud Arbery? That's the handiwork of Satan. And Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan. In, in times like these, we're searching for answers, and I've already told you a couple of times, I don't have any answers. Probably not the right answers to the questions that you might be asking. And I'm going to hedge on that a little bit because I actually do have an answer. And I almost hesitate to say it because I'm afraid it's going to sound trite. And I'm afraid it's going to sound shallow. And I'm afraid it's just going to sound like, you know, preacher speak. But I am convinced with all my heart that the only answer is Jesus. The only answer to all these questions and all these fears and all this anger that's building up inside us. The, the only answer to Satan's works is Jesus. Which brings me to my final observation this morning, and that is darkness doesn't win. In the end, darkness doesn't win. It's almost as if God looked into the darkness one day, looked into the evil, looked into the sin in the world. And it's almost as if God said, you know what, I can't take it anymore. It's almost as if God came to some kind of a divine tipping point. And he said, that's it. I'm sending Jesus. I'm sending my son, and I'm sending him now. And he sent his son to be born as a baby, as a human being, in a barn, but God knew that little baby wasn't going to stay in the manger. That same little baby that was born in the barn would one day be the man on the cross. Jesus knew that as well. Jesus always knew that the cross was in his future. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. By his wounds we are healed. Jesus didn't come to this earth to take away the brokenness. Jesus came to take on the brokenness, to do that for us. 
You know, at Christmas time, we get really sentimental about the baby in the manger, don't we? It's, it's such a great image. It's such a sweet image, the baby in the manger. Nobody ever gets sentimental about the Savior on the cross. Not in the same way. Now, we get emotional about it, but it's not a sweet image. It, it, it doesn't put a smile on your face. It puts a lump in your throat. But it's, it's the Savior on the cross... It's the sacrifice on the cross where we find true love and grace and mercy and forgiveness, redemption. It's the cross where we find hope. You know, unfortunately, we've been reminded over and over again that that we live in a dark world. But we don't have to look to the national news to know that, do we? You know, in our own Bay Area family, we, we deal with death and divorce. We, we deal with financial struggles. We deal with raising our children, taking care of our elderly parents. We struggle with sin. But light has come into the world. I want to remind you this morning, there is a light that pierces the darkness. And because of Jesus, who knows all about darkness, and because of Jesus, who came to defeat the works of Satan, because of Jesus, because of his ultimate sacrifice on the cross, darkness doesn't win. Love wins. Light wins. Jesus wins. And then Jesus actually goes a step further, and he says, not only am I the light of the world, But I want you to reflect my light. I want you to let your light shine. I want people to see your light, to see your good deeds. So they can say, wow, what a great guy. No, so they can glorify the Father in heaven. Jesus has invited us into this process of letting his light shine, of showing people and proving to people darkness doesn't win, evil doesn't win. Satan doesn't win. Jesus came to the world to defeat Satan, to defeat the darkness, and one day, he's coming back. And when he comes back, it won't be to wage war against the darkness. It'll be to claim victory over the darkness. So, this morning... In the middle of all the the questions, the frustration, the anger, the hopelessness, the confusion, may we be reminded Jesus is a light to the world. And the only answer to all those questions really is Jesus. And may we mirror that light to the people that we come in contact with as well. May we show them the love of Jesus and the hope that we have because of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we see evil in the world. We see injustice in the world. We're reminded, and it seems over and over again, of prejudice and hatred toward other human beings. Father, I know that breaks your heart. 
to watch your children destroy each other. Father, through Jesus, may we stand against injustice. May we, through Jesus, come alongside those who are hurting and those who are grieving. May we not only point them to the light, may we be a part of that light. Father, help us to reflect Jesus. Help us to show Jesus to people who are just like us and maybe especially to people who in a lot of ways are nothing like us. Father, forgive us of all the times that we failed each other and all the times that we failed you. I pray for comfort and for peace. I pray for understanding. I pray for grace. I pray for a greater measure of your Holy Spirit working in us to empower us to fight the schemes of the evil one. And I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.